And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Late night Midnight on the interstate I didn't feel so great Welcome back to Straight from the Source. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. My guest today, Yul Erickson Eck, the First Line Center of the Minnesota Wild, joins me uh, for a good 20-minute interview. And unfortunately, I put out the tweet asking for questions from fans uh, super late. Got some great ones in. But of course, since I finished the podcast, I I looked at my Twitter account and I had some really, really good ones that would have made for a really fun uh, line of questioning for Yul. But his time was uh, pretty... uh, pretty tight today so it is kind of a brief podcast but i think you're really going to enjoy it from a guy that's taken an incredible development and growth in his uh career here the last several years just a fun sit down with uh yule erickson eck um and he talks a lot about sweden and his new line mates and why he uh comes into camp in impeccable shape and what pisses off opponents every time the wild play um it's a really uh a fun little sit down with uh yule erickson eck who's become one of my favorite guys to watch on the team and favorite guys to talk to his it's not only his game on the ice that has developed the last couple of years it's his voice in the locker room i don't know if you noticed last year how often we quoted erickson eck because he always just is insightful the way that he speaks and for a guy whose english is not his first language i think that's pretty impressive because let me just promise you if i go to sweden i'm not gonna be talking swedish to anybody so thanks again to erickson eck thanks as always for uh, supporting the athletic as well and listening to my podcast and Again, if you are not a, a The Athletic subscriber, now is the time to get in with training camp right around the corner, uh, or excuse me, training camp that is just done. Uh, man, the season is uh, around us, and I'm still in uh, training camp mode. But again, theathletic.com slash straight from the source will get you in for 50% off. And with all the training camp stories that I have that you can catch up on and the upcoming 
uh, season and the first couple of victories by the wild, I really highly recommend getting in now. So again, this offer is not going on forever. In fact, it's going to end here in the next uh, week or so. So the athletic.com slash straight from the source will get you in for the year for 50% off. Really highly, highly recommend it. Um, and again, a good couple wins for the wild. Uh, we just got back from California. I got back way earlier than the wild did yesterday. They spent the night in California, like I did, uh, but I had an 8:30 a.m. flight. Their plane was scheduled for 10, and they apparently were on the ground at LAX for four or five hours uh, because of a circuit board issue on their uh, charter flight home. So they were finally able to get a new plane in there. I think they actually borrowed uh, the Los Angeles Kings plane and uh, flew home on that. Uh, so uh, at practice today, uh, Dean expected sort of heavy legs, and he got it. Not a lot of energy on the ice, and he was uh, it was a fast paced practice. But Dean was all over him, making him skate and trying to get out some of those uh, dead legs that they had from a long travel day yesterday where they uh, thought where they essentially left LA by the time at the time that they were supposed to land in Minnesota. So last night they didn't land until about 6 or 7 p.m. So uh, no excuses though. Home opener against the Winnipeg Jets on Tuesday night in front of a hopefully packed out at XL Energy Center. There are tickets still available, which is uh, you know, that seems to be a trend right now throughout the National Hockey League. A lot of teams are not selling out games, probably a pandemic aftermath. Uh, actually, it's not even an aftermath. We're still in the freaking pandemic. Uh, as we learned today, where Blake Wheeler uh, entered protocol and might not be able to play on Tuesday night for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, we've seen it with Nathan McKinnon and Jack Johnson in Colorado. We're seeing it throughout the National Hockey League that even vaccinated players are still uh, uh, being put into the NHL's COVID protocol list. So this pandemic is still with us. Um, and maybe that's one reason why these buildings aren't sold out right now. Um, again, hope to see everybody there. It's going to be just fun to see uh, a packed XL Energy Center after only 3,000 fans uh, being allowed to come to the games last year. If you remember, if the Wild advanced, uh, Craig Leopold was actually investing about $250,000 renting this um filtration system that the NHL required uh, to get uh, the uh, the uh, fans into the arena. And I don't think they were going to be able to sell out, but if I remember, it was going to be ten or 12000 they were going to be allowed to have in the building um, it, because of this system. But then the Wild obviously lost in Game 7 and never got to play the Colorado Avalanche in the second round. Um, so first couple victories out of the way, wild, dramatic, uh, really exciting victory opening night in Anaheim. Uh, Marcus Foligno scores the goal with 7.2 seconds left. He was highly, highly rested. Number 17 spent 17 minutes in the penalty box in, uh, the end of the first period and in the, and in the second period, uh, for essentially him and Max Jones trying to fight each other with the linesman, breaking them up. So they both got dinged for 10 minute misconducts in addition to their five minute majors. And actually, um, uh, Marcus Foligno got two minutes extra for um, a call that I still think is bogus. He got called for interference. And if you look at the replay, he actually did it. He threw Max Jones into the net, the moorings. But that call was never going to be made um, until Max Jones cross-checked him back and then they dropped the gloves. So really, um, at a minimum, because they never were going to call the two minutes, to me, it should have either just been a fighting major and 10-minute misconduct, or if you're going to retroactively give two minutes for interference to Marcus Foligno, I think that the other guy, Max Jones, should have gotten two minutes for cross-checking, and it wound up biting the Wild because they had to rally back from a one nothing deficit in the game after the Wild, after the Ducks scored 17 seconds, I believe it, into the second period on a power play. So, 
Might have even been sooner than that. I can't remember. Um, but uh, good overall win for the Wild. Um, what I was really impressed with that game is, first of all, Cam Talbot, who had not played in more than a week because he had a uh, what sounds like a family, a scary family matter at home, um, wasn't able to go to Chicago. He never thought that he was going to only play 90 minutes in the exhibition season. He doesn't start a game for more than a week because he missed the game in Chicago, and he goes into that game ice cold, and he winds up uh, only giving up a goal in the game. And then 24 hours later, he goes and plays really, really well against the LA Kings as well. So good start to the season for Cam Talbot, 2-0 with a 9.50 save percentage. Um, Kaprizov, Zuccarello, and Erickson X, still a work in progress, as as Erickson X says. Um, you know, uh, Dean has does not sound like he's been very, very happy with the way that Kaprizov and Zuccarello have played the first two games. He's made some snide comments about how they think it's a two-man game. We'll see if that continues um, as they get more used to Eriksson in the middle there. But that is something that Kaprizov and Zuccarello do often. I mean, we saw last game in LA, um, Kaprizov actually almost fed Zuccarello for a breakaway. And instead of going in for the breakaway, Zuccarello uh, pulled up at the blue line and turned it into a two-on-one to pass back to Kaprizov instead of going ahead of the play. And Kaprizov had a great scoring chance that Zuccarello set him up with, but uh, Kaprizov missed the net. Um, but, you know, look, uh, L.A., the big goal of the game, the Victor Rask goal, set up by Kaprizov. The big goal that tied the game in Anaheim, set up by Zuccarello. So these guys will get their points, and um, it'll just be a matter of time before they start playing well with Eric Snag. But what's been, and I always caution, you know how in preseason you'd sometimes make too much of everything you're seeing on the ice. Like the game in Chicago, it looked like the Wilds blue line was going to be absolutely God awful. Right. But they just, at that point when they fell down 2-0, it's like every veteran in any exhibition game in the last game, they just tried to get out healthy. They almost mailed it in that game. Well, what I really like the two things that I saw on this road trip is one, the defensive structure of the wild, still really good, despite the fact that they got three new blue liners and John Merrill, Dmitry Kulikov and Alex Goligoski. Like Goligoski was so good the first two games. It, it, I mean, d- just so good. Dmitry Kulikov, so good. Um, John Merrill you know, uh, got off to a really slow start in Anaheim, but played so well the rest of that game and the game in LA that Dean doesn't feel like he could put Jordy Ben in yet to debut. Now, maybe one loss will change that. One snafu will change that. But right now, Jordy Ben and Ren Pitlick will stay out of the lineup. So their defensive structure so far looks really good. But the other thing, and again, this is where I caution that you take two victories and you turn into like, this is a trend that's going to last 80 more games. But the depth scoring of this team they they're not you don't need to rely every night on Fiala and Kaprizov and Eriksson Ek to score your big goals. The Wild got goals opening night, yes, Kevin Fiala on the power play, but from Marcus Foligno. The next night they go and they get goals from Ryan Hartman, Freddie Goudreau, and Victor Rask. If that continues and then you see the way the fourth line is playing, getting outchancing the opponents dramatically the first two games with Brandon Duhame and Nico Sturm and, and Nick Bukestad. And then if you expect that eventually uh, guys like Greenway are going to score, and if Goudreau keeps it up and because he was just so good the first two games, and then you know that Kaprizov and Zuccarello are going to score, now all of a sudden you have something here where you don't have to rely on the stars every single night. So I think that is a good sign. Again, two games. One game that they won in the last second. So maybe if they lose that game, we're talking very differently today. We're like, oh, they only scored one goal. Maybe that's very different. But if you look at their 5 on 5 defensive structure, the Wild, the first two games were really, really good. They defended with layers. It was, And we had a really good 
the sight lines in the Anaheim press box is amongst the best in the league. And they actually moved us in LA where you're still a mile back because it's the Staples Center. But I actually, what happened was, is that we got to see really closely uh, the wild, their shoot twice area, but the way that they defended too in the second period. And they just, it's not just the defensemen too in the layers, the way they defend. It's 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 just really, really good the way that their their forwards have been back-checking. We've seen Zuccarello. We've seen uh, Duham. We've seen a lot of these guys uh, make great, great defensive plays on back-check. There's somebody else the other night that I'm forgetting. It might have even been Fiala. Um, Speaking of Fiala... um, Dean, you know, who I've I've brought up before, he almost unsolicited will go after him at times. It's like his son or something. Like he's he, like he's the only guy in the team that Dean will actually go at and and criticize. Dean pointed out and volunteered to us today that they were not happy with his game in Anaheim. And I pointed out a lot on Twitter is that he had a lot of turnovers, a lot of D zone uh turnovers. On the PK, he was he was almost uh you know, par- uh, just shotgunning himself out of the zone before the Wild had the puck and a couple times really um, created issues. And what the Wild loved and what Dean loved is that he talked to Fial about all this and he completely adjusted his game in LA where he was much more um, defensively responsible and took care of the puck much, much better. And look, the Wild want to score goals, but you got to defend. And if you defend, and that was a lot of the video lesson that the coaches showed today, they showed areas where the Wild kept their structure, but still created offense out of it. And what he loves about Kevin Fiala is that he's learning. It's a maturation in his game. A great example is in the uh, final minute of the third period in L.A., um, Sturm, Bukestead, and Fiala got caught out there with an icing. So he had to come back with a D-zone draw with the Wild clinging to a goal lead um, there in the final minute. And what happens, the Wild to win the draw, and Kevin Fiala gets the puck along the wall, and instead of one, going for a 150-foot goal and risking icing the puck again, he just chipped the puck out and went for a change. And Dean raved about that today because, one, he loved the change, but he also, in a lot of ways, subtweeted Zach, for, Zach Parisi from last year where he talked about how he loved all three players, um, pretty much the actually all five if you include the defensemen, coming for a change there and understanding and trusting their teammate that – they can go for a change, not get caught out there just because they're flirting for an empty net goal and trust their teammate that they're going to go out and either defend the game to the victory or go out and get that empty net goal. So he really complimented uh, Kevin Fiala's maturity there by also talking about the other guys as well today. So that was really interesting from the game the other night. Finally, Winnipeg Jets come to town on Tuesday night. Home opener, 7 p.m., XL Energy Center, first of a three-game homestand. Weird schedule this week. The Wild don't play Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. In fact, they'll take full off days on Wednesday and Thursday. I have a couple stories in the works that I think that you'll like though. Um, And then they play Saturday night, Sunday night, back-to-back games against, I believe, Anaheim and Nashville. Uh, I go one game at a time, but I think that's who uh, the Wild have coming up. Uh, Yes, Anaheim and Nashville, and then the Wild head out uh, to Vancouver, Seattle, and Denver. Um, In fact, I just booked all my COVID testing on Friday and Sunday because you need COVID tests to get into Canada, COVID tests to get back all 72 hours. So book all those to get out on the road. Um, But it's just going to be really, really, really cool to see different teams than the seven the Wild played last year. You know, it's so bizarre to me that the Wild are playing the Winnipeg Jets to open their season, one of their most bitter rivals, and the Wild haven't seen them in person in 654 days. There are 10 players from that game that are still on the lineup. 
Um, in fact, the overtime winner in the that last game, January 4th, 2020, Eric Stahl from Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter on a four-on-three power play. So 10 guys still from that team, and, and finally the Wild get to see a division rival, and, and that to me is refreshing, going and seeing, you know, again, they got Anaheim in their sex homestand, but they'll see Winnipeg, they'll see Nashville, then they go to Vancouver, um, who they did play, obviously, in the playoffs in the bubble, but again, not a regular season game in a long, long time. And then we go to Seattle for the first time and and get to see that awesome market and that awesome arena. Get to see Marcus Johansson again. All Wild fans look forward to that, I'm sure. And then um, and then go to Denver and wrap up the road trip there. So um, a lot coming up here. A lot of really neat stories in the book, uh, in, in uh, you know, in the works uh, for the Athletics. So I hope everybody uh, reads that. And again, if you're not a subscriber to theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Uh, but before we get to Yule Erickson Eck, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, as I mentioned, thanks to Yule Erickson Eck for uh, joining uh, straight from the source here. Yule uh, set career highs in points, goals, plus minus, and time on ice per game uh, last year. Um, ranked sixth in the NHL in third period goals, seventh in even strength goals, and finished fourth in the Selkie Trophy voting as I campaigned hard for you just to get you now into that conversation with the Ryan O'Reilly's and the the Patrice Bergeron's and the Sasha Barkov's of the world. And and you let's talk about that. I mean, you know, you you've ascended now to being in that conversation with some of those great, great players in the NHL. And that's gotta be just a great feeling that you're starting to get, you know, looked at as with that type of respect. Yeah. First off, uh, thanks for for having me um, and and being mentioned to with those guys is uh, is uh, an honor. I think uh, growing up, you you watch some of those players, um, you're trying to see what they are doing to to be um, successful, and just trying to to bring a little bit of that to your own game, and trying to to bring a little bit of of your own too, and you know what what you can do and maybe see what they do and maybe uh, ma- uh, match it together a little bit. The um And by the way, uh, Yule was just uh, joking before uh, we get on that uh, Jonas Brodin is next. So a lot of pressure now that Brodin's got to be the next podcast guest here. Do you think he'll do it? Uh, yeah, I hope so. I, I think he would... Uh, <laughs> I think he could surprise a few people uh, if he was uh, coming on here. Yeah, he's not as quiet and as, like, he's a funny guy I always hear. Like, he's getting his voice in the locker room and he's not as quiet as people think, right? No, uh, if you get to know him, he's, uh, he's a real funny guy. Um, he's, uh, um, I think everybody knows when I first got here, he took me um, under his wings and, um, being from the same hometown too, mm-hmm. I think we spend almost <laughs> 365 days together every year and just, working out in the summers and then uh, being here um seeing each other every day too but no he's uh, 
he he's a great person and uh, I think if you if you see him every day you really um, appreciate how how good of a hockey player he is too. Yeah, so you guys live, I, I know, right down the road from each other, basically. So what are some of the stuff that you do during the off-seasons? Because I always see, you know, I follow you both on Instagram, and I always see it does feel like you're always together on some sort of water or fishing or something. Yeah, uh, I think we we like spending time uh, uh, outdoors. Um, mm-hmm. Play a, a sport called paddle. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty big in Spain and uh, getting pretty big in Europe, too, and... He he usually uh, uh, comes out uh, on the on the winning side, but then trying to to beat him there and just we we, we spend a lot of time working out together. We um, we work out together every day. Um, uh, yeah, just being uh, being really close friends. Yeah, uh, you, you whatever. Like, tell me about your hometown. Like, it's it's is it a small Swedish town? Like, what uh, like bring us to your hometown? Um, it's right in between. Uh, Oslo in Norway and Stockholm in Sweden. So uh, if you go and uh, look at a map, it's uh, right above that uh, big lake in Sweden. And uh, uh, we got a, a river uh, running through the, the city as well, almost like like here. Mm-hmm. Um, great, um, great outdoor um, city, I would say. It's faster to bike than, than taking a car and just, it's like uh, 80, 80, 80 to 100,000 people living there. So it's... Uh, it's a pretty good size, but you know, the home is always home. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's where all your family, all your friends uh, from where you were a kid uh, lives, and it's always nice to to come back there and, and spend some time uh, in the summer. And you, again, this Carlstad, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, t- tell me about your folks. Uh, that's where you get your last name, Eric's neck. A lot of people always wonder. I mean, that's the way it works, right? Is that one's your mom's last name, one's your dad's? That's how it works. Yeah, so uh, they married, but no one uh, changed their uh, last mm-hmm. name. So uh, I got both, and um, so my uh, my mom is uh, Ek, and my uh, my dad is uh, Ericsson. Um, and I mean, they they meant uh, everything for me growing up um, with my with my younger brother, um, who's a goalie, right? Yeah, he's a goalie for uh, the in the Anaheim uh, organization. So uh, yeah, we spent a lot of time playing uh, playing hockey, and they. They probably saw a lot of fighting, and uh, <laughs> yeah, just just him being two years younger, you you always want to win, and uh, uh, it's uh, it was a lot of uh, yeah. uh, battles back home. And your dad Klaus, he he was a hockey player too. Yeah, he was uh, he was playing professional in Sweden for mm-hmm. um, twelve years, but he had to to retire early because of a, a injury, and uh, then he he became coaching and. Uh, doing a, a lot of different stuff uh, uh, around hockey and uh, yeah my mom has always been there uh, at home supporting mm-hmm. us and uh, uh, keeping keeping it all together yeah how um you know I, I don't know if you even recognize when you first got here just the maybe the pressure that was on you because you the, in a lot of wild fans minds they took you over Brock Besser right you know being the local guy here did you at all sense that and how much pride is there that that conversation is long gone that wild fans are super happy that Joel Eriksson Ek is the one that's on their roster right now um no I don't try to to listen too much <laughs> um I uh, I mean I I, I get it uh, it's probably it's uh, it's a hard uh, situation and uh just trying to uh, believe in myself and uh trying to to like know how how to live and play over here it's mm-hmm. uh it's for sure different the first uh, the first few few uh, few years few games and 
I came from from living with uh, still living with my parents back home in Sweden, um, still living in my hometown and my uh, where I uh, lived my my whole life, and just coming here, you have have to to learn um, not not uh, just on the ice. I think uh, away from the ice to get a get a social life, and you know, um, just trying to to see how how you 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 have to prepare for for every game, and just watching like guys like the older guys here than by like example Miko mm -hmm. just learning a lot from him and just that was really uh, big for me I think it's I think it's 30 something more games here and just yeah. seeing how they um, prepare and how they work before every game was a uh, uh, really important for me yeah I think a lot of Americans don't understand that like imagine just a 21 year old kid that speaks no Swedish, just parachuting into Sweden. And all of a sudden you're like, not only learn how to live here, but also play at a high level in a professional league. That's not easy. And we sometimes take that for granted here. And, and there is, as you're saying, there's that development process. It takes a while before you can be comfortable enough in your own skin on and off the ice to then be the type of player that you've become here. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's a uh, different, uh, different cases too uh, maybe it goes faster for for some uh, some people and some some other guys maybe uh, need a little bit more uh, extra time and to to learn and really feel um that they they know how to to approach every day and uh, they know how to to live and they know how to how to play and uh, i think I mean, I'm, I'm still 24, and I think I still learn uh, a lot every day. By the way, I wish I had my uh, camera on me right now because I'd take a picture. That you're actually doing your podcast in your shorts and your skates. Uh, do, do you always just wear your skates uh, 20, you know, 30, 40 minutes after practice? <laughs> no, this is uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty weird, man. But no, I'm, it's, it's new skates. Uh, I felt I had uh, needed some new skates for tomorrow, so yeah. figure I just uh smash two flies in in one <laughs> did you uh was that what was going on in anaheim or did you have an injury like i noticed a couple times you had to leave the bench there uh uh in that game you don't want to say no it's all good <laughs> okay. Skate dishes, yeah. <laughs> all right it was equipment yeah, yeah sure um so uh but uh, first of all just you know a heck of a road trip obviously two and oh that you can't ask for anything more um you're getting depth scoring up and down the lineup guys like rask and hartman and and um you know again felino and uh goudreau score the goals obviously fial as well but it, that's got to be and you get real great defensive structure from a new blue line as well so that's got to be a good feeling coming back here at home where you know that you're going to get up and down depth scoring rather than always have to rely on essentially you and Ericsson Eck and Fiala to score the goals every night yeah you know I think it's it's great uh, it makes our team uh, really deep um, I think every line can score um, on this team I think everybody's like you said we, we, we're a good team defensively and everybody skates really well we're a fast team I think um, trying to, to put a lot of pressure uh, on the on the other team and just trying to create from that and I like you said and we had yeah, Krill and Kevin, those guys are for sure. They are super skilled. They can they can make plays by themselves, and uh, to get scoring from from more people is, is going to make this team uh, yeah. a lot better. Um, you're getting uh, awarded for last year. You had 19 goals in in 50 some odd games, a 30 goal pace in an 82 game season, and you come into this without Greenway and Felino on your lines. You're getting that incredible luxury of playing with Kaprizov and Zuccarello. How do you feel that it's gone the first two games? Yeah, I think uh, it's uh, first few games. I think it's always uh, 
like it's, a work in progress it's, it's always a work in progress yeah, yeah i think uh everybody wants a lot uh goes back and forth a lot it's not that you see very often i think at least in the first few games uh, uh extended uh offensive zone time mm-hmm. or, and stuff like that and just trying to to talk a lot to each other to see to learn a lot and i trying to listen to them and see how they think and i they they trying to figure me out uh, probably and just trying to to talk i think that's the biggest biggest thing and then just trying not to think too much and just play i i mean if it works it works and uh i think if we work hard together it will, uh, it will. you know you're you're known for your being impeccable shape uh you know we, we've seen the mr september uh shirts and and last year uh obviously you turned into a heck of a player on the ice as well um what are some of the things that you do in the off season to come into camp uh in such great shape that you always blow away these fitness tests yeah, you know, I I take um, I take pride in being in uh, uh, in good shape. I think that's that's a responsibility. I think for showing your teammates you're ready to to make what it what it takes mm-hmm. to, to win. Um, you you you're gonna need to. It's not only um, to be super strong or being super fast, and it's it's staying healthy. Um, if you have a healthy team, I think. Mostly, uh, if you can stay healthy in a playoff, this is going to help your team to to be successful. Right. And last year, you played hurt, right? I mean, that's pretty fair in the playoffs. You were dealing with a knee injury? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a MCL um, mm-hmm. uh, injury and was hurting for um, a few weeks after a season, but it's, uh, it's good. Yeah, the um, we this has become another thing that we know about you, and a lot of people ask, uh, like, why did this? The way that this person phrased it, I just thought was hilarious. Why does everyone play against you seem so mad? <laughs> I love the way that fan asked that question, uh, but it is so true. Some people just don't like playing against you, y'all. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I such a likable guy. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm the right guy to to answer the question. <laughs> I think you have to to ask some of the guys that's, that is mad. But no, I uh, I said uh, before, um, just trying to to play fair, but playing uh, playing hard and uh, go to to those hard areas and being close to guys. I think if you play uh, a lot of games in a short amount of time, you you maybe get sick of a uh, of a guy uh, being uh, next to you for for a whole game almost yeah it is kind of funny though sometimes you know you look at you on the ice during these scrums and it does feel like you don't know what the heck even trigger them you know it i mean you just have that kind of look about you which may also make them even madder because you know even they don't even know, you know you don't even seem to know why they're angry yeah um i mean i'm i'm just trying to to do my best to not take any any stupid penalty right. or um, put my team in uh, in a bad position. Uh, somebody asked a great question. What is the best chirp that you've heard uh, in a post-whistle scrum? Has anybody said anything to you that either made you laugh or just anything funny? No, I can't really. Usually it's a lot of F-bombs flying probably. Yeah. I like the one that Hartsy had last game. Yeah, what did uh, Hart? What was no, that? I mean, he wasn't saying anything. Just how he and uh, tripped uh, Dowdy. Oh yeah, yeah, he, he chirped Dowdy, and how he just tripped him without. Yeah, that's that like what that looked like. I didn't know what I, what I did, but I think <laughs> and then goes and, and scores. So that's uh, 
Um, that's that's great. That uh, is the way to yeah. shove it up the player's yeah, spot. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about yeah. it. Um, the uh, a couple of really fun questions before we wrap up, uh, Yule, from just a lot of people. Um, one is, uh, what city are you looking forward to playing the most here? Uh, you know, the, the, being in again that you ha- didn't get last year when you only went to seven teams all year. I think Seattle is going to be real cool. To yeah, um, I heard great things. Um, I talked to. Uh, to Marcus a little bit, um, Jojo, who was mm-hmm. here last J- year. Marcus Johansson. Yeah. And he, he really seems to like it too. And uh, what I've heard is, is the, uh, Vancouver of the, like the USA almost. And mm-hmm. I think Vancouver is a beautiful city. So yeah, it's going to be real fun to see that new, that new rink and, uh, and a new city. And we'll be there twice in a month coming up here. Uh, what's the, what Swedish thing do you miss the most when you come to the United States during the season? And somebody says, "Why is it the Bernays sauce?" <laughs> yeah, that's a chili Bernays. Is this really good? But uh, <laughs> I'm a big salt uh, licorice guy. Salt licorice, yeah. okay. So like salt water taffy type thing, but licorice or no? It's like r- licorice, but with salt on it. Okay. And uh, yeah, like when you sweat a lot, I think it's, it's <laughs> it tastes pretty good after, but it's it's hard to find here. Uh, favorite players growing up? Uh, Peter Forsberg. Yeah. Um, I mean, and uh, watching my dad play and the team is Jurgen Johnson. Okay. Uh, he was playing for Islanders maybe, I, I don't know how long, but he went back to Sweden because he wanted to uh, be with his family. Okay. So he was he was a little bit too good to play in uh, in Sweden. Okay. But he's, he still played there and they won a lot. Okay. He was, um, the mentality he had was, uh, it was really... Um, interesting to see okay jurgen johnson yeah. interesting uh favorite restaurant in the twin cities uh billy's uh, sushi billy's sushi everybody's saying that i gotta get to that place yeah, when yeah. i lived i lived downtown for 12 years it wasn't there yet yeah yeah it's so, pretty new it's yeah. the same as a sushi fix in the okay. Sara. yeah same is owner it, tell me that the entire menu is made up of like like is it is can you buy the can you get the erickson eck roll no, like, yeah, have no, they done that yet no. or no okay because that there was a uh, I, there might still be there's a sushi restaurant restaurant down here in saint paul that uh used to name all their entire menu after all wild players yeah i remember that i actually yeah. went there um a few times when i lived uh, my first year at the hotel here right in, in uh, saint paul so i went there was, yeah i remember that place um favorite hobby or activity to do in the postseason that's that the paddle the paddle uh, yeah the paddle game i'll have to google that yeah, figure YouTube, it out uh, um most difficult it. player to play against Oof. most we play uh, uh avalanche a lot so, yeah um, so i'm i'm gonna have to go with either like Makar or um yeah, I'm gonna go with Makar. Makar. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, up and comer. There's no doubt about it. Um, how you know? Uh, uh, somebody does ask, how long do you think it will take to get used to new linemates? I mean, you know, you and Felino and Greenway knew each other probably every, every single place they'd be. On, you guys would be on the ice, but now you're playing with two very different players. That also, as Dean Evison likes to say, sometimes likes to forget about that. There's a third person on their line. You know, sometimes they like to just play a two man game. Yeah. Um, I, I hope it's gonna be uh, be quick. I think how how smart they are. Um, just I don't I don't think they're gonna take too long. I'm just trying to. I've said before, just trying to um, create um, 
space and and get to to open uh, scoring uh, positions so so they maybe can find me a couple more with a uh, yule and let him get on with his day they get the big home opener tomorrow um olympics this year i'll be there in china with you hopefully um but how much would that be an honor if you get to put on that those colors for sweden that has had such a long history of incredible and in international hockey yeah of course there will be um a real fun experience i think playing for for your country and all uh, olympics is uh, everybody um everybody's hockey players dreams i think uh, it's uh sweden got so many good players too so uh yeah, uh, I would be real happy if uh, if it was so. Uh, last two for you here. Uh, one, how incredible will it be? Is uh, this is a question from Dylan uh, to play in front of more than three thousand fans tomorrow at XL Energy Center? Oh, you know, it's gonna be great. Um, we we missed uh, playing in front of our fans. It's uh, it's uh, it's real different um, when you get a lot of fans in the in that building. It can get loud and. Uh, they for sure help us when they when they share us on and uh, yeah i'm really uh, excited and can't wait for tomorrow and just last question same sort of similar question uh you're going to finally play a team that's not one of those seven that you played last year or the two that you played this year and we know the rivalry that you guys have with the winnipeg jets will that be refreshing to finally see a different team than the seven that you played last year yeah for for sure it's uh last year you you knew uh, what you were uh, going up against uh, i think it almost feels like we haven't played these guys for for so long, and it's yeah. you just trying to to watch a lot of uh, hockey and see see what those uh, mm -hmm. those teams are doing. But it's last year was hard to keep up with uh, with all your uh, own games to see what the what the other teams were doing. But it's gonna for sure be fun to to see uh, more teams this year. Yeah, we looked it up today. Six hundred and fifty four days since the last time you guys played the Jets. There are ten players from that game January 4th 2020 that was the Eric Stahl overtime winner that are still on this lineup it's pretty nuts to show the turnover that you guys have had since yeah um yeah that's that's a lot of days it's crazy actually uh, yeah hey i really appreciate it i wrote it the other day i mean one of the coolest experiences really the last couple of years of covering this team has been just seeing your maturation of of a player i mean you've you've you know really shown uh you know how important and impactful you've been on this team you signed the eight-year deal which is uh crazy you might be the first player that i'll ask me covering <laughs> I've, I've always said i've outlasted every coach gm and player i've ever covered but you might be the first one to actually uh, be here longer than I am so hey, it really uh, honor always to cover you. you're such a great guy to deal with too and so we really appreciate you coming on straight from the source yeah thanks for having me of yep. course yep and that is Yul Erickson Eck and we'll be right back with the rest of the podcast and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free you see this a family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight let's heckle them you call that changing the channel choke up on the remote buddy I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds DirecTV has the most MLB games visit DirecTV.com claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package high speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply Thanks again to Yule Erickson Eck for joining Straight from the Source this week. Just means a ton. I'm, I'm always thoroughly impressed when uh, players like Erickson Eck and Kevin Fiala and some of the other European players that have been on this podcast join. It's not their first language, and yet they put the microphone in front of their face and do something that's uncomfortable, which is really, really cool. Just imagine if, uh, if uh, we 
swooped into Switzerland or Sweden and had to do a podcast in their native tongue, well, at least for me, it'd be impossible. So it just means a ton that Eric's next, especially on short notice, uh, did today's podcast. So thanks again to Joel. Uh, Jack Hughes of the New Jersey Devils joins Craig Custance and Sean Gentili this week on the Athletic Hockey Show. Rob Pizzo from CBC Sports joins Jesse Granger and Sarah Sivian on the Athletic Hockey Show Wednesday this week at The Athletic. Thanks for listening to Straight From The Source. Please follow us on your favorite platform. And don't forget to leave a rating and review. Subscribe to The Athletic Audio Plus and Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. Start with a 30-day free trial, then just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, annual subscriptions to The Athletic are 50% off when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Talk to you next week, everybody. Mm -hmm.